When I look in the mirror, I don't see wrinkles. When I look in the mirror, I see hair on my head, not my shoulder. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And uh, we have a lot of information and now a lot of ways of getting that information out to you. So uh, please do take a look at my blog, which is published by Bottom Line Inc. And all you have to do is my name, A-D-R-I-A-N-E, Berg, B-E-R-G, at Bottom Line, and you will be able to go and take a look at that. But I'll make life easy for you. We are now mobile friendly as well as having a terrific website with my name. A-D-R-I-A-N-E, Berg, B-E-R-G, dot com. And if you go there, not only can you get to the blog, not only can you join us on LinkedIn and on Facebook and on Twitter, but you can hear these shows. You can go over to our radio uh, side, and you can go directly to the radio website, which is generationboldradio.com if you want to go there directly. But now you can get to everything that we offer through Adrian Berg's Dot com, And we do archive these shows, and uh, we're adding more and more all the time because we have four years of shows for you. We're up to about the 32nd, 33rd show. We'll have about 50 posted for you by the time that September rolls around, and it has been a blast. So uh, for those of you who have ideas for guests or a topic, simply go to adrianberg.com, connect with me, and you'll be able to give your suggestions. Now, today we have a, a show that I think is going to blow everything out of the water. We have Rosemary Lombardi with us. She's the founder of Breaking Bonds. She's the author of Breaking Bonds, How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal, uh, uh, and Heal It's a Survival Guide. And she's somebody who knows from her own life how difficult that could be. And I particularly chose this uh, topic because I'm hearing from you, just what we were talking about. I'm hearing from you, and statistically it's true, that more and more women, women are seeking divorce at a later age. What is happening actually is there are fewer statistically divorces in younger ages and a lot more statistically in older ages. Now, I, I write that down to our longevity. My take on it is we're living so much longer if you've been in a bad relationship. And uh, uh, Rosemary talks specifically about an abusing relationship. But there are many kinds of relationships you want to leave. And you only feel, well, you know what? How many years left do I have? You might hang in there. But when you see 30 years in your future, my goodness. So uh, thank you so much for being with us, Rosemary. And um, I'm, I'm really, really pleased to talk with you I'm not too pleased about the prevalence of abuse so tell us how it it played out in your life and what really motivated you to do something about it well thank you so much for having me a typical of my generation I I waited until after my children were grown to finally leave I tried to uh, divorced my husband when they were younger, and um, I was unable to do so. I'd actually filed a, a petition for divorce and dropped it because my husband at the time was following me around from room to room, sc- screaming, and I just did not want to put my family through that. So 
Um, I thought I was doing the best thing for my family. Also, having been raised a Catholic, um, I did not want to raise them in a broken home. I did not want to have a failed marriage. And I stayed for all the wrong reasons because it's, it, it definitely affects um, children if they grow up. Uh, even if you try to hide the abuse, uh, they are very perceptive and you really can't hide it. You know, they pay attention to nonverbal communication as well. And it's a, it's a cycle uh, that goes from generation to generation. Uh, typically, children uh, that are raised in an abusive family grow up to become victims or abusers themselves. And it's really up to women as the primary caregivers to break that cycle of abuse in their families. And well, you know, we can say that, that. Do that is to leave. it's really very difficult. It's a really very difficult thing to do. It is. Uh, yeah, and, and, and you did it, and, I, and you help women do it. But what is the syndrome? Do you feel that you have abuse when you were a child, or did, did that happen to you? Why do you think you allowed yourself to be victimized? Well, uh, part of it was because it was very familiar to me. My father was extremely abusive. And mm-hmm. uh, my both both my parents were alcoholics as well, and uh, fortunately I don't have that problem. But um, it just it just made it wor- worse because um, my father would use the alcohol as an excuse, and my mother was unable to or unwilling and unable to protect uh, us. I bore the brunt of it, but it was. Um, neglect, cruelty, and uh, unpredictable violence in my family of origin, which made me more susceptible. And I I think I was probably attracted to my spouse um, unwittingly uh, because abusers, especially narcissistic abusers, tend to love bomb their victims. So uh, they're extremely charming and manipulative and make you feel wonderful at first. And then you know, sometimes you don't really, you kind of like a James Bond character uh, who does not make for a good spouse. But, uh, you, you know, you don't find that out until after you're married or after you get pregnant. And it's it makes it that much more uh, difficult to leave. I think I was trying to heal something that can, you know, never be resolved. Right, um, right, right, right. Make, it, make up for it. So, yeah. Right, exactly. Well, now, what you did was very, very proactive. Let's just talk for a moment about founding Breaking Bonds. Then we'll talk about the book and and how you got the courage to leave. Because really, this show, folks, is really all about courage. Uh, People ask me, you know, are you in the media business? Are you in the consulting business? What's your business? And I answer, I'm in the courage business. Because like uh, you might hear, Betty Davis say old age ain't for sissies well there's a lot of things that's not for sissies i'll tell you retirement isn't for sissies and getting rid of an abuser is not for sissies so this is the courage business and and how does breaking bonds help women uh rosemary be more courageous and really take the step away well you know and and especially through through the book and the the um the the articles that i've written there's there are a lot of free resources for women on the breakingbonds.com website. Uh, there are many articles, uh, the, the press and media tab at the top. Um, I've published a, a number of articles in, in various online 
magazines and various po podcasts are posted there as well. And um, there's just a lot of information on the site. And, and you know, I, I had started journaling during my divorce as a way as a way to heal. It was very therapeutic for me. And I realized with all the books on divorce that I read that I had a unique perspective. Um, I, knew, I know you as an attorney are very familiar with investments, but um, my, my personal experience with clients getting a divorce, some of them did receive uh, some very, very bad advice from their attorneys on the settlement. And, um, you know, my perspective as a financial advisor is very different. I, I encourage um, my clients and I encourage the readers to talk to their own attorney, to hire their own attorney. Don't use the same one as your spouse or go without an attorney. It's, it's vitally important that you have your own representation and go to your own financial advisor and get feedback that's personalized to your specific situation on the division of assets that you want to ask for uh, in, in the divorce. Uh, the other thing with abusers is they typically ramp up the abuse uh, once they realize they're losing control over their victim. So before you tip them off that you filed for divorce, it's really important that you take steps to prepare ahead of time. Pre uh, preserving records, for example, is extremely important because abusers will hide or destroy records. And uh, in, in one one case I, I had with a, a client, she suspected infidelity, and I told her to check out credit card statements and go on social media, and she found he actually was posting back, back and forth on Facebook with his uh, lover, and she made copies of all of those posts before he, wow, he good, was good able for to her. take it down. Yeah. As I was so, saying so to Rosemary, for many, for many years, Rosemary, I was a divorce lawyer. I explained <laughs> that too, as well as an elder law attorney. We would say, grab the records, make a record, a simultaneous uh, you know, uh, notes and all this. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this this issue, whether or not people don't leave because you of the money or the emotion. It, we'll be right back. Me, not even a bit. I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da 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 da, da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit. Cause I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. Da da. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And a little segment of our show, Survey Says. I get surveys all over the place here, uh, usually having to do with successful aging or health and so on. And here is one that fascinated me. Uh, it's from Hartman Research. And in uh, 2019, they did their health and wellness reports. They do it every single year. And what did they discover this year? that worries over anxiety now trumps worries over being overweight. If you ask the average American what is the one thing they'd like to change for their health, they'll say they'd like to lose a few pounds. Well, now more 
than ever. And more even than that answer, according to the Hartman survey, is we'd like to be less stressed. And I have to say that in my life, it is probably technology that does that for me more than anything else. Technology and I are still two. I use the computer throughout the day. I use the social media throughout the day. And if something breaks down, so do I. So I can understand why this is happening. But fortunately, it's much easier to put down your cell phone than it is to lose five pounds. So maybe maybe we can uh, look look into our own life about that. And I will also say that as a result of these surveys, there is a new measure of wellness, not where you are on the wellness or illness uh, continuum, but there's now going to be a new measure called the flourishing index, which is really fascinating. And it asks the questions that we've been talking about here in the world of aging, which is what is your life purpose? Do you feel that you're thriving? Do you feel that you're flourishing? That's what they call it. I call it thriving. They call it flourishing. So now we see that across all age continuums, the issue of being life engaged is just as important as we talk about all the time of staying active and healthy and with it after uh, retirement. And there is a wonderful new movement. I'm going to send you to that one. We've had a guest on it as well. And that's we're with it. We're with it. Uh, and use it. Use hashtag we're with it. This is the new movement showing that ageism has to be stamped out no matter how old you are. And we have ageism in the young, in the middle-aged, and in ourselves. Now, we're speaking right now to Rosemary Lombardi. She's the founder of Breaking Bonds. You'll be able to go uh, to her website, breakingbonds.com, very simple. Uh, She's the author of the book, Breaking Bonds, How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal. It's a survival guide. She's also a financial advisor. So some of the issues that she helps you deal with are your financial issues. And she's been through it herself. She had a 28-year abusive marriage. She told us the story of how that came about because of her own childhood. So thanks for coming back with us, Rosemary. And uh, let me ask the question that we left everybody with. People do stay in these marriages. You did for many, many decades. Is it Where's the balance? Is it fear of the person? Is it fear of losing their identity even as a victim? Or if you had all the money that you needed, would you walk out the door? Where's the balance there in terms of why people stay? Well, I I believe it really depends on the individual situation. Um, There may be cultural or religious shame. Uh, I talk about that in, in, in the book that uh, people feel obligated to stay in unhappy marriages. They feel a sense of duty, a sense of misplaced, you know, responsibility. Um, They may be afraid of their spouse, and rightly so, especially if there's physical abuse going on. Um, More insidious is the emotional and mental abuse that degrades the victim, Uh, into a pattern of learned helplessness where they really feel that nothing they do matters and that there's no way out. Uh, Or it may be very real. Their abuser may uh, take complete control of the finances, not give them access to any money uh, or a checking account or even a credit card so, so that they feel completely trapped. So there, there are lots of reasons why 
uh, people say. Um, I was, you know, not only uh, afraid of my spouse when he was following me around from room to room screaming and waking me up in the middle of the, of the night. It was very unnerving. I was also exhausted all the time. So um, I, I think a lot of people feel really worn down and they fall into depression when they have been um, – have had their self-esteem completely eroded by constant criticism and uh, and and verbal ab- uh, abuse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in your book, uh, yeah. uh, in your book, Breaking Bonds, which by the way is is available on Amazon. And one of the reasons I wanted to have, uh, have Rosemary Lombardi on the show was the statistics. I, I told everybody at the beginning. I read a lot of surveys. Is that more and more older women are leaving the marriage? And uh, some of it has to do with a happy fact of longevity. They feel that they're going to live longer. They're very robust. Why bother with a marriage that's bringing them down and doesn't fulfill them? But the other side of it is more and more are taking charge of their lives, even though they have been with an abuser. But it seems like victimization is such a status that it's very difficult to give up that status. That is your life, and you, you have to build your own self-esteem. So in the book, you, you have people help people identify that they may be being abused, but how do you help them get out of it and reestablish themselves? Because the subtitle of the book is, it's a survival guide, and it helps you heal. How do you do that? You've done it. Yes. Well, you have to start the healing process during the divorce. There are lots of books out there on how to heal after a divorce, but you actually have to bring your attention back to yourself. Most victims are so focused on their abuser that that they're not paying attention to taking care of themselves, or maybe they've been made to feel guilty uh, for taking care of themselves, but they, they really have to start with um, their own bodies and spirits, and the way that you do that is to fake it till you make it. Start exercising. Um, I, I give a lot of um, suggestions in the book. Certain things will work for some people and not others. So, you know, I, I want the reader to pick and choose. Aromatherapy is very relaxing. Deep breathing several times during the day. I know it sounds basic, but it really works. If if you are feeling stress or anxiety, stop. Breathe in deeply through your nose to the count of four or to the count of six. Hold your breath, then breathe out through your mouth, and it will just calm you down. It's just really important to do that. And if you have to go in the bathroom and lock Rosemary, the door, we have do to take it. a little. Rosemary, it. we have to take a little bit of a break. But I will tell you, there's a book for business people that uh, expresses just that, uh, so that they are less uh, less frenzied during the day. And I've used it for years. Mm-hmm. And when we finish our show every single Friday, when I finish recording our shows, I go to meditation. So I know just I'm what you mean. We come back, we'll talk a little bit about the money, honey, and how to solve that issue. Don't you go anywhere. And I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit. Because I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age. 
And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And let's give you all the ways to find us. First of all, you might want to go to generationboldradio.com. It's mobile-friendly, and you can listen to our podcasts. You can listen to the archives of the show. You can give me your, uh, your email, and you will get pre-notification of the shows and uh, the topics so that you can make yourself a little appointment to come and listen. You can go to adrianberg.com, A-D-R-I-A-N-E-Berg, B-E-R-G.com, and you can tell me what you'd like to hear about or a special book that you know about or guests that you would like me to interview and call. So we can get together on Facebook, we can get together on LinkedIn, and we can get together, of course, on Twitter. And I'm coming to my 4,000th connection on LinkedIn. I'm very excited about that. I will throw an emoji party for that on Facebook, you see. All right. Uh, before we, I, I reintroduce our guest, I want to tell you something that, that that's really quite amazing in terms of coincidence. I have been uh, putting together documents from different surveys of importance, and I call them, you know, studies show. And this particular study that I want to bring to you is about subjective age. We don't know how old we are. We know our birthday, but we really don't know how old we are. Now, there are biomarkers that will tell us our physical age, our biological age, but there's a third kind of age that I deal with all the time and write about, and that is subjective age. How old do we really feel? Now, what very recent surveys and studies have shown and proven is that we can feel younger, our subjective age, how we feel about ourselves, when we're in control. And one thing that we can do to put ourselves in control is to exercise. We have control over our bodies. Another thing we can do is have a plant or a pet or something that we need to take care of. Children do that, actually. That's why Disney tells you that their number one toy is not the princesses, but the pets of the princesses, because the children have to take care of the pets, and that puts them in control. And coincidentally, in this show, we have with us Rosemary Lombardi, who is the author of uh, a book on taking control of your life. Breaking Bonds, How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal, a Survival Guide, and her own website, BreakingBonds.com. And she just told us that one of the simplest things you can do to control yourself and to be in control is to breathe and to breathe right. And her book has a lot of small things. And, and you know, Rosemary, when, you, when we last spoke a couple of minutes ago, you were almost apologizing, saying, oh, this is so basic, don't think it doesn't work. But the fact is that's all we have. We have the small minutia and basic things that we need to do. And when it comes to our finances, we can sometimes be overwhelmed. But there are small basic things right. we can do there too to get into control. So, And you, you tell us about that in the book, and you've got a lot of information on that, and you're an advisor yourself. So, so help us out. What are some of the basic things we can do to get into financial control so we could leave? Well, um, I uh, talk about preparing for the worst, uh, which as a financial advisor, that's my job. That's what I've been trained to do. But my own spouse did things that maybe I should have expected and didn't. So um, I think you have to assume that your spouse is going to take punitive action, even if abuse is not present. I certainly found that to be the, uh, the case for 
some of my clients who were getting a divorce and abuse was not present, but, you know, uh, in one case, uh, her spouse completely drained the bank accounts and left her with no money until her next paycheck. So uh, that may happen. So um, I, I think uh, there are a number of steps that you can do. They may remove or destroy financial records or incriminating evidence. They may hide financial assets, cancel life or health insurance policies. They may destroy or remove personal property, including jewelry, um, overpay or fail to pay income taxes. They may delay billing customers till after the divorce is final. They may fail to pay bills. That happened to me. Uh, they may squander marital assets, bounce checks, fail to pay child support or alimony. Um, let's see what else. They can file frivolous and costly costly lawsuits against you, or they may run up debts after becoming aware that you filed for divorce. So uh, some steps you can take to protect yourself include moving half the cash to an account in your own name before you file and before you let your spouse know that you're going to file. But be sure to tell your attorney about it in, in your first visit. Um, you, you may want to put a freeze on joint credit cards. I highly recommend it. Um, in my state, uh, you are still responsible for uh, yes, debt the until, of the spouse, the date, sure. uh, yeah. uh, until the the divorce is actually final. Mm-hmm. Uh, close right. out joint credit cards with a zero balance before you file, especially if you have little or no income. Get a credit card in your own name based on your joint income before you let your spouse know. So you have some access to credit. And and then also notify insurance companies to let you know of any non-payment of premiums. Notify investment firms where you have accounts. And the way to find that out is to check your tax returns because you'll see 1099s from the previous tax return. That a divorce is pending and approval from both of you is required for any changes or withdrawals. And be sure to, to send them a letter in writing or an email to that effect. You know, all uh, of these things put you in, in a lot of better control of your money. We've been talking about control. But they're also very aggressive. Right. Uh, and what yes. what um, Rosemary is suggesting is that you, you have to take control if you're actually going to walk out the door in any successful way from a financial point of view. Uh, but here's what happens. Because having been on the, the legal side, not the financial side, uh, for many years as a lawyer, I can tell you that people who have been abused and have allowed themselves to be, be abused become extremely dependent. One of the reasons that they don't leave is they're very dependent personalities, maybe because of the way they were brought up, as, as you mentioned. So what did I see over and over again? I saw these folks being uh, dependent on their lawyers, and interestingly enough, I saw their lawyers taking advantage of them in very similar ways, but on a more business level, of course, than their spouses did. They would overpay the attorneys. They would call the lawyers over and over again for minor personal breakdowns. And, of course, not realizing they were being charged for all of this, even though there was no real right. legal work involved. Uh, so what you what you want to try to do? I I always felt that one of the steps in healing we talk about healing here is to realize that you are in a business relationship with your attorney. That particularly if you're a woman and the attorney is a man, which is changing a lot today. 
from the years that I was practicing, uh, don't repeat that relationship where you, you're looking again in, in the helpless, victimized way for the lawyer to be your champion. And there were, in the, in the days that I was practicing, I'm being blunt here, this is the fountain of truth, there were many lawyers, particularly the big-name ones that I used to work with in Manhattan, who did take advantage of the women, and I mean physically, uh, by comforting oh, no. them. And, and, and it happened all of the time. Uh, so the, the, this is syndrome. And money is part of it, but I've also seen very, very wealthy women stay in an abusive relationship. And now I think with Me Too, with the fact that we are, we do have our longevity, uh, with the fact that although there's no pay equality, women do have a little bit more money than men, a little bit more education, there is this chance of walking away uh, from the abuser. The question then becomes, as Rosemary has done in her own life, how do you heal from that? You, you leave one relationship, and there's great danger in walking into another. I have, as I said, seen it in, in an interim business relationship with just your lawyer while, while, you, while your marriage break is taking place. We come back, we, we want to talk about that, and particularly for older women, because it has been more years. It's almost like a hostage syndrome. The more years that you've stayed in a marriage of this type, more difficult it is to get out. And once you do, there is a, pull, a pulling back into perhaps another relationship or sometimes with the same person. I've seen remarriages, particularly if they're longer situations. And so we come back, we want to talk about the healing part of Rosemary's book because it doesn't end with the divorce. It only begins with the divorce. And for us, we should know that there is great beginnings coming up. Uh, there's a new AARP site that you should all know about. Go to the AARP, Age-Friendly Corporations. And those are companies that want to hire older adults. And if you are somebody who's leaving a marriage, male or female, and you need to work and you're older, take a look at that. It could be your life. We'll be right back. I am happy and I freely admit I'm inappropriate. For my age, da 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 da, da 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 da. You may think that I'm full of it, but that doesn't bother me not even a bit. Cause I am happy, and I freely admit I'm inappropriate for my age, da 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 da. And hello, hello, hello. This is Adrian Berg, and this is Generation Bold, the Fountain of Truth. And we are here today with Rosemary Lombardi. And she's the founder of Breaking Bonds, the author of Breaking Bonds, How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal. It's a survival guide. And, of course, this was motivated by the fact that statistically more people are uh, leaving their marriages older in life than ever before. The uh, day of the week, the month, the year that you married and getting uh, and now that you're a divorcee, might be as much as 50 years ago. Yeah, there are people who are married that long, the big 5-0, and they're getting a divorce. We talk about people getting married. I just uh, posted on LinkedIn about a marriage of somebody who was 101 to somebody who was 102, and they said they were in love. Okay, so because of longevity, both things are happening. Now, Rosemary Lombardi is very anxious to help us, and, and one of the things she wants to be sure we know through this show and her book 
is uh, what we can do to heal. And her mantra is start healing while the divorce proceeding is going on as well as after. But you want to give us some hints and tips of how you can do that. So go right ahead, Rosemary. It's so important. I think it's important to seek out a good therapist. And you may uh, qualify for free or a reduced rate for a therapist. But um, it, it's, it's very important that you practice self-care, even if you don't feel like it. Make yourself do it. Um, a therapist once, once told me, fake it till you make it. But you need to start caring for yourself as you would your child or a good friend. You know, take bubble baths, uh, go for walks in nature, exercise, eat right. Uh, these are simple things, but they are very, very important in order for you to maintain your stamina. I, I talk about sleeping right and, and, and staying hydrated so that uh, you are able to maintain a clear mind, which you are really going to need if you're going through a, a divorce. Practicing self-care will help you to rebuild your self-esteem, and you really are going to have to change because if you don't change yourself, you're going to end up in the same situation or a similar situation. So you actually have to start that and take responsibility for your life. Your happiness is your responsibility, nobody else's. It's up to you. So stop looking outward and, and start owning your decisions and what you do. To What can I do to make myself happy? Will I ever be happy staying in this relationship? And if the answer is no, then you need to take steps to, to, to get out and then change your, change your situation. Um, if, if you are underemployed or not employed and need a job, you, you know, you, you, you can uh, go online and find out uh, from different websites, and I talk about that on my uh, resources page and in the book. Um, find out what your aptitude is. Pursue something that you love. If you don't need money, volunteer. You need, you need to rebuild your, your life, and you need to start that during the divorce. Start uh, figuring out what your hobbies are, and that's a good way, especially if you have been isolated, which is typical of abused women, uh, for you to connect with other people. Volunteering is a great way to, uh, to do that. Get a pet. Um, pets really help uh, to reduce stress, and they provide you with unconditional love. It's, um, it's, it's very important that you, you do whatever it is that you need to do to make yourself feel better. And um, I questioned all of my beliefs uh, coming through the, the divorce. I think it's necessary for you to look at everything, things that, that, that you assume to be true may not work for you anymore. And uh, it may bring you closer to your church or it may bring you to another church, um, but establish a direct connection with the divine, go into meditation, um, pray, um, do what makes you feel good and makes you feel worthwhile. Going out in nature and going for a walk uh, really made me feel a tremendous appreciation for life, which I had kind of lost. So, so you need to reconnect with nature and with yourself and don't jump into another relationship right after you get a yes. divorce. That, that's think, a really think, important one. That's an extremely important yeah. one because, yeah, it, it really just fosters 
the fact that you didn't you did not create your independence yet. And I do want to say one thing here, though. Right. Uh, I have the same tendency you have, Rosemary, and I and I apologize to the world for this. And that is, I look at when I hear the word abuse or spousal abuse, I immediately think of that the guy's the abuser. And why? Because that's been my experience as a matrimonial lawyer, and that's been my experience in the world. But it's not always true. I did have, uh, particularly in the days when I was heavily practicing matrimonial law, men who were abused. And uh, to some degree, it's worse because you, you mentioned shame. Wow. The shame there uh, is, is almost unquantifiable because it, it, it's not, it's, it, it's, it hits your masculinity in a different way than being abused as a woman hits. And men in general don't talk to each other. So the sharing is not right. there. It's a lot of issues, and, and this book is not really for women only. It's just that statistically it's what we see. In the minute that we have left, I just wanted you to at least bring up the topic of forgiveness. Uh, it's actually my husband who used the, the words, um, being, hating people, being angry at people, not being able to forgive them is like taking poison uh, for yourself thinking that they're going to get hurt by you swallowing the poison. You got to forgive. That seems that that's hard though. How did you do that? Yeah. Yes. And especially for women who've been abused. Um, I had a really difficult time with forgiveness until I was diagnosed with PTSD, which is very mm-hmm. common in, in abuse. Yes. And when you, when you suffer from PTSD, you relive the experience as as if it just happened, so and it's so hard you, to do hard something to that's that wrong. Yeah. So I I had uh, EMDR. There's also EFT therapy. Not all therapists are are trained in these, but um, they use EMDR and EFT for veterans, and it's extremely effective. And, well, this, is, um, this is a fascinating information, and this is the part of the show mm-hmm. I hate, which is ending it. Uh, but all of this information and all the healing guides you can find in Rosemary's book, uh, Breaking Bonds, How to Divorce an Abuser and Heal. Now, it might not be relevant to you, but it could be to a friend. So reach out. And therefore, you'll get out there, kids, and make it happen. <laughs>